It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, local experts on the biggest stories. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the show. Episode 367. LockedOnVikings.com. iTunes. Great places to find the program. You can find me, Sam Ekstrom, on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom for Vikings Insights year-round. Thought I'd do a quick follow-up on Friday's show where I bet a thousand theoretical dollars on the Super Bowl. I took a look at the props, made some wagers, had some hits, also had some misses. The tail of the tape. Out of a thousand dollars bet, I got nine hundred and ten back. So almost breaking even. I hit three out of the ten bets. The anthem, which I took the over on, was really close. It started off and I thought that it was over. I thought it was gonna be way under. Didn't think it had a shot, and then Pink sort of drew it out on toward the second verse. And those final lines, and it looked like she might even hold the note long enough. And I do call a little bit of conspiracy on that because there was some some lead-in music to her first words that had it counted, it would have put it over two minutes. That was, was what enraged me. But it did go under. So that was a loss. The coin toss was a win for heads. Easy money there. I took James White as the first touchdown scorer. It was Alshon Jeffrey. Took Nelson Aguilar as the first Eagles touchdown scorer. That was a loss as well. But I did like my instincts about Nelson Aguilar. I talked about on the show how he would have a big game, how the, the Patriots like to take away those primary options. Lots of times you have to look to that third wide receiver, and Aguilar had a great game. Led them in catches with nine 84 yards, some key catches on that go-ahead drive. I liked Aguilar's game, just didn't win that bet. And I assumed incorrectly once again that the the Patriots were going to have a fast start to this game. That's four straight playoff games now where they've gotten off to brutal starts. I thought they would get it together in this one. They didn't, so that cost me the Pats by 7-9 margin, Pats by 1-6 margin at the half. I said under five catches for Gronk. And I loved that bet through the first half. He had one catch at halftime, and then he came out with four catches on the next drive, got him to five, and then he had several more the rest of the way. Patriots just had so many passing yards in that game. Three players with 100 yards or more through the air. So that was a loss. Uh, going back also, I had first score of the game, 8 to 15 yards in length. That was incorrect. So you're asking, Sam, where did you make any of this money besides the coin toss? Well, I had a good instinct about Nick Foles. I said Nick Foles would go over 235 passing yards, which he shattered. So that was a big win. And then the even bigger win, I said to hedge on a Nick Foles MVP bet. A lot of my bets were counting on the Patriots to have sort of a a big game, a big start especially. But Foles, with the most valuable player award, with tremendous odds, uh, plus 325, 
on a theoretical $150 bet allowed me to scoop $637.50 for a grand total of 910 brought back off of the $1,000 of fake money wagered. So a little bit of loss, but that's the price of a good time, I suppose. Big thanks to our partners, mybookie.ag. Today, I'll give a spin at some of the Vikings' offensive free agents, give some opinions on what they should do in that regard. But one last note before I touch on that. How about Randy Moss? Congratulations to Randy Moss for getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. The news broke Saturday that he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Again, it hasn't been a commonality for receivers to get in on that first ballot. Terrell Owens did not get in on the first ballot because of some of the off the field stuff that I guess you could pin on Moss as well. But Moss was so game changing, so dynamic with multiple teams over a long stretch of time that how could you leave Randy Moss out of the Hall of Fame right away? It's really cool to see the ambassador of the game that Moss has become, and I think that's really helped him. I think Moss getting on TV, showing that he can give back to the game, not being on the field. A lot of a lot of media folks, I think, resented Moss, and they're often the ones, the opinion leaders, making these decisions, making these petitions, and building the case for a guy like Moss. So when he becomes media, and he shows that he's good at it, and that he can... He can give back to the game in that way post-playing career. I think that generated a lot of goodwill for him. Congrats to Randy Moss. Probably the greatest Minnesota Vikings pass catcher that we will ever see. And that's no knock on Chris Carter. But Randy Moss was a totally different beast. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. That's LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. Vikings could use a receiver like Randy Moss right about now. Wide receiver is not exactly a focal point of free agency for the Vikings. There is one name on this list, but you start with the quarterbacks, and we've talked about it. We're going to talk more about it, and and I don't think there's any point in really regurgitating the entire argument over again. You know the drill. Keenum, Bridgewater, Bradford, they're all free agents. Do you opt to bring one of them back, or do you go after a guy like Kirk Cousins? You have to weigh out the price. Teddy Bridgewater comes at X number. Case Keenum comes at X number. If you wanted Sam Bradford back, don't exactly think they would go that route. They all have a certain number attached to them. Then you look at the Kirk Cousins number. The value to bring him in would be maybe $100 million guaranteed. And you say, is the drop-off in talent worth the difference in 
funds? Is it worth having cap inflexibility potentially down the road? The franchise tag deadline for Case Keenum is eligible to be doled out in late February with the the deadline early in March. And that might be the first indicator we get as to which way the Vikings will go at quarterback. Beyond that, the Vikings have some other notable free agents on offense. Joe Berger, who made $1.8 million last year, he's probably retiring. A lot of guys stay mum on their status for retirement. They don't talk about it until after the season. And even after the last game, they still won't talk about it. And Joe Berger was pretty vocal about saying during the year that this was it for him. He wasn't shying away from it. And you got to respect him for that. He recognized that he would be a free agent. He recognized his age. And he wanted to go out on his terms. And if so, that's a big loss. Joe Berger, probably the steadiest lineman over the last three years. Rarely hurt. Started 46 of 48 games. Highly graded. Could play center, left guard, right guard, wherever you needed him to. Vikings may be looking to add depth to that interior line once again. And speaking of linemen, we'll stay on track with that and talk about one of the the bigger decisions they'll have to make. Nick Easton and Jeremiah Searles. Now, they are not unrestricted free agents. They are restricted free agents. That means the Vikings can match any offer that another team gives out to Easton and or Searles. Now, the Vikings can take steps to prevent other offers from coming in. They can give any one of three tenders, so-called, to Easton or Searles. A first-round tender, second-round tender, or a low tender. So the first round tender means that anybody who offers and then eventually acquires that player would be forced to give up a first round draft pick as compensation. That's a huge price to pay. Second round tender, same deal. The other team would have to give up a second round draft pick to take that player from you. And then there's the low tender, which means that another team would have to sacrifice a draft pick equal to the round where said player was drafted in order to acquire them. Now, in this case, and this is where it gets interesting, Easton and Searles were not drafted. Therefore, the team would not have to give up any draft pick to offer a contract and acquire them. So that means the Vikings, logically, probably want to apply a second-round tender to Easton and Searles. Are you with me so far? A second-round tender to Easton and Searles. Are they worth a second-round pick? Probably not. And the cost is not prohibitive to give out a second-round tender. Last year, that cost about $2.7 million. And that, what that does is it ensures a one-year contract, during which time you can obviously negotiate something longer term. But that is certainly worth it if the Vikings are wanting to keep them. I can't see any team risking a second-round pick for, in Easton's case a first-year starting lineman, or in Cyril's case, a sixth man. But I think it's worth it, certainly, to apply the tender for the Vikings. So you're in good shape to keep those two guys if you want them, certainly. How about Michael Floyd? Wide receiver, made just over a million last year, age 28. Very disappointing. Might have been the Vikings' best receiver in training camp. Had splash plays all over the place. Looked like he had rehabbed his career off of the drunken driving arrest. But then he misses the four games due to suspension. Had had some injury issues shortly after returning to the team. 
and then he finished the year with just 10 catches, 78 yards, and no touchdowns. Can't see them bringing Floyd back. I think they would rather get a look at Stacy Coley, the rookie last year, and Mike Zimmer's really said some nice things about Coley in our conversations. Caleb Jones, who looked very promising in training camp and preseason, especially in the last preseason game. If you want to go back and watch that tape, Caleb Jones might have earned his spot onto the practice squad, and Jones might have the tools to become that fifth wide receiver. And, of course, Jarius Wright, Laquan Treadwell still in the mix. You're probably not going to make a splash at wide receiver in free agency because you're going to want to pay Stephon Diggs. Maybe you draft somebody as well, bring them in to compete. But I don't think Michael Floyd will return to the Vikings. And then to round it out, you've got three running backs. Jarek McKinnon, age 25, had his best yards from scrimmage season of his career. In fact, the only player with more yards from scrimmage this year for the Vikes was Adam Thielen. McKinnon had 570 on the ground, 421 through the air, five touchdowns, good pass blocker, reliable third down option. Now, if the Vikings wanted McKinnon back badly enough, I believe they would have to part with Latavius Murray. And they could do that with fairly little penalty, just $1.2 million it would cost to cancel his deal. And then you could use that money devoted to him to pay McKinnon. But I think McKinnon showed to be good enough that he's going to get paid a fair amount elsewhere and maybe get a greater role. The first four games were a real precursor that Dalvin Cook is going to demand a big workload. There's not going to be a whole lot of time sharing at running back when Cook is in the mix. And I'm sure McKinnon remembers that. He sees Dalvin Cook returning. He knows that a return to Minnesota would not necessarily mean big production. And that might mean less for him next time free agency comes around. So he might be looking to increase his stock and swell his pocketbook with a move elsewhere. Certainly wouldn't surprise me. The Vikings have two other running backs that are technically part of their organization. You might not recognize them, but here they are. Bishop Sankey, who tore his ACL in August, missed the entire season. He's 25 years old, and I think it's probably doubtful that he returns. Then you've got Mac Brown. Mac Brown was acquired midseason and put on the active roster. He did not play an offensive snap and played eight special team snaps this year. He was essentially taking up a roster spot, and I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop with Brown because as they were making moves, elevating players to the active roster and cutting others, I kept waiting for Brown to be a cut because he wasn't contributing, and it seemed like an easy decision to make. But at age 26, and maybe McKinnon leaving, and a spot for another running back available, maybe the team likes Brown, and he is an Urfa. He's an ERFA. That means exclusive rights free agent. Because he has less than two accrued seasons, the Vikings own his rights. He is not allowed to negotiate anywhere else. He is a free agent that can only talk to Minnesota. So the Vikings can give him a veteran's minimum, bring him to training camp, have him compete, very low risk, and see if he makes the roster. It's basically a free trial on Mac Brown next year. So I think that was their logic in that case. And there are your Vikings offensive free agents. I want to talk about a few special teamers coming up. I'll have a story on that at zonecoverage.com. We'll get Sage Rosenfels back in the mix and start talking about free agency. Thanks so much for listening today. My name's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. 
Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings as well. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.